Welcome to Take Care. I'm your host, Syra Trejo. I'm a passionate advocate for mental and emotional health and fascinated by the power of people's stories. This podcast dives into stories across the spectrum of mental and emotional health. My goal here is to talk to experts and non-experts alike to hear the latest in the field and the stories of struggle and ultimately healing. Because when we have open conversations, the stigma changes. I hope that this podcast can help you. If you enjoy it, please remember to subscribe. Episodes drop every Monday. On this episode of Take Care. Because being physically alone and and feeling isolated, it, it can be so, it can be terrible. Um, it can absolutely, yeah, it can destroy you. But when you're able to see it in the sense that, you know, it's something that can be overcome and it's something that you can work through with loved ones and with faith. I, I see it as a blessing now that you can learn so much about yourself when you're able to sit quietly alone and, and really just meditate on experiences you've had and and what others might might say about you and you know loved ones and, and how they, they see you. And, and you can really grow from there. In his book, Alone Together, Aaron Ruth takes readers through a journey of loneliness, the pain that accompanies it, and the search for his true self after a broken heart. At a time when feelings of loneliness are at an all-time high for people across all ages, including young adults. They're also exacerbated by our limits on in-person social contact and shelter-in-place requirements. A study conducted by Cigna found that in 2019, three out of five Americans reported feeling lonely. In January of this year, a similar survey also conducted by Cigna found that on average Gen Z adults, those 18 to 22 years old, scored the highest average loneliness score, with the lowest scores being reported by baby boomers. There's something to be said about the increasing rates of loneliness reported, even as we navigate a seemingly hyperconnected world. Aaron and I talked about some of the struggles we face as individuals that makes it hard to reach out and make meaningful and fulfilling connections, and how we can try to let our guard down and take off the masks we wear to allow others to see our authentic selves. If you're curious to read Aaron's poetry, Alone Together can be found on Amazon, and his upcoming book, Title Yet to be Named, will be out this fall on there too. Aaron, what prompted you to want to share your story on Take Care? I've gone through a couple of different things in my life where I've kind of realized after the fact that maybe maybe someone else could benefit from what I went through. And, you know, there's things that other people have gone through that, you know, could be maybe worse. But I've been through different things. So, you know, sometimes worse, better, that doesn't really matter as much as I went through something. Maybe someone out there is going through the same thing. So if I can share my story to even help them a little bit, then it was all worth it. Something that that strikes me in uh, in our kind of a pre-conversation before we record this, you mentioned a lot of loneliness and then your book, which is awesome to hear that you have your book and, and you're a poet, right? You are primarily work um, in poetry and, and that kind of medium. Correct. Poetry and then a lot of short stories. Mm-hmm. And so your book is called Alone Together an oxymoron there. But tell me more about that project. Yeah, so that was so Alone Together came out, man, I think it's about two and a half years now. And that one came just from kind of more of a specific thing I was going through. It's funny, people always ask, you know, like, how long did it take you to write it? Or like, what prompted you to write it? Um, But it's actually kind of interesting. So I actually just started writing poetry, I would say, junior, senior year of high school. And I just wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I never did anything with it. And then a couple of years ago, I kind of had an event where I realized, wow, I, I do feel extremely lonely right now. And then from that, I thought to myself, well, I have all these poems. Um, and kind of once I got over that, 
that situation and looked back on it, I realized, well, I have all these poems that came from, from all of these years. I'm going to put them together into a book. So mm -hmm. it was a little different. I didn't sit down and say, I'm writing a book. And then I wrote it. Mm. It was more of a, these are all poems from this time period, you know, some good, some bad. And they all kind of have this common theme. How can I twist it into a book? And then yeah. it went from there. Yeah, kind of the oxymoron of Alone Together, just to go over it, you know. Um, so the, the first part, it's kind of about, you know, you you kind of get your heart broken, right? So maybe it's this, this section where you're feeling so, so alone, kind of in the, the bad sense of the word. You know, like the darkness, the depression, the isolation, the no one else is feeling what I'm feeling. Um, and then from there, it transitions into, okay, well, I'm alone, but how can that be good? You know, I, I'm alone in this spot, but I'm optimistic about the future. This is when the rebuilding starts. You know, this is this is ground zero. This is, I, I build up from here. What is my foundation going to be? And whatever I choose it to be, you aren't going to stop me. You know, I'm doing this myself. And then once you get to that point where you can be comfortably alone, then after knowing yourself, you can venture out into that relationship that comes next, knowing, okay, I'm good. You're good. Now let's be alone together. And I mean, and just the, the way that you put it, it's, it's obvious that you have experienced this profoundly. And so would it be okay for me to ask what was um, really the situation that uh, made these feelings of loneliness come come forward? Yeah, definitely. And a lot of these also played into my upcoming book as well. Um, mm -hmm. So people will, will see a lot of common shades in, in my next book uh, that's coming out pretty soon here. But high school and freshman year of college at Dominican, mm -hmm. At both of those schools, I was involved in just about everything I could get my hands on. Mm -hmm. um, knew a lot of people from a lot of different groups and athletics and leadership and you name it. And I ended up transferring sophomore year of college to a junior college mm -hmm. where it is the complete opposite. You know, you you just feel so isolated. Um, I, I always tell people, like, I, I had a class where the person sitting to my left was like a 17 year old, you know, little skater kid. Uh -huh. Person to my right was like an 80 year old war veteran. <laughs> and then the person behind me is like a 50 year old woman that like brought her kid to class with her and she's pregnant. <laughs> and like, so like, I feel like at like in high school and at Dominican and most colleges, probably there's that sense of community that, you know, hey, we are, you know, we, we are Alabama, you know, we are Florida. Mm -hmm. um, but when you go to a JC, it's kind of like, oh, well, I'm just like, I just need to get this done. So there's not that sense of community. There's, yeah, a lot more loneliness. So, so that transition that happened for me was I went from, you know, kind of being social butterfly to having to navigate this, this place by myself. Mm -hmm. And that's when I didn't realize it at the time. But like the bigger event that happened, started then mm. um, and I, I'll get to that but basically I, I started to convince myself that it was good to be alone I kind of developed that yeah. mindset of you know like oh I'm doing it my way good luck if you're going to try to stop me you know mm -hmm. kind of like that I don't know that macho that macho feeling I guess if yeah. you will and I took that with me into my next college and then eventually I got into a relationship with someone long story short, ended up not really working out. Mm -hmm. And then that like at that moment where we kind of decided, okay, it's over. I really just had this moment of like, okay, like I've never felt this alone. Because mm. like the person that I thought was going to be by my side isn't here anymore. 
and I was physically alone in the room that I was in, but also just spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Mm -hmm. I just felt like there was no one else with me. Yeah. And then from there, you know, I started uh, seeing a therapist, talking with family, talking with friends, got into more of a community. And that's when I started to get into the more the, the good part of being alone and, and growth and and healing and rediscovering who I am and yeah. what I stand for. Um, so those are kind of the three sections of the book actually categorized into one. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people listening would probably say, you know, like, oh, this person left you it was probably such a a big thing and you know whose fault was it and what had happened was there was there were a couple like rumors of cheating even going on mm. um, that this person was possibly cheating on me um so a lot of people in that case would think like you know oh you know this person that you were with is a bad person and you know mm. you were lucky to make it out of there uh, you know like mm, like yeah. you were the good one yeah but after thinking about it it, it was completely my fault just getting into the relationship because I didn't know who I was and I tried to make this person like my savior mm, um, you know, yeah. without without understanding it myself I was saying to this person fix me save me I need somebody right now yeah and when this person couldn't do that we split and then it was only you know months later when I realized how unfair was I being to this person to give them the job of savior when they could never live up to that? Yeah. Um, so that's <laughs> long-winded, but that's kind of the gist of, of it all. Yeah, so you go through all these things and those realizations and insight come after, right? After experiencing those things, which is which is big that you were able to, to talk with friends and family, see a therapist, get yourself kind of back into you. Um, and understanding who you are, which is really big. And I have kind of a unique perspective on this because you and I um, were kind of in each other's periphery. We shared, you know, one year of college at Dominican, but we didn't know each other. And so from the outside, when you contacted me, it was like, oh, Aaron, I remember I went to school with him, you know, for one year and then he was gone. Yeah. How was that change leaving our small school up here in Northern California and going down south? Yeah, so it's funny you said leaving our small school because the school I ended up going to was significantly smaller, <laughs> smaller than Dominican. Yeah, so for listeners, Dominican is about 1,200 at a good day uh, students. It's a small uh, liberal arts college in Northern California here in San Rafael. Um, so it's very small by other standards, but you said you went to a smaller place. I went to and ended up graduating from San Diego Christian College in El Cajon, California, uh -huh. where my graduating class was 50. Mm. And in my major were three gra three graduates, including myself. So me and two others graduated. And what major was that? English? English. Yeah. Yeah. And so how was that transition from leaving Dominican to going to San Diego Christian College? Uh, it was different in the sense that when I went to Dominican, I was I was going somewhere. Um, you know, I was the first person in my family to really leave home. Mm. And, you know, Southern California to Northern California, it's not some huge jump or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But it was for our family. You know, I was the first person to, uh, to do something like that. Um, so when I, when I realized I was going to be coming back home to the San Diego area, it felt like coming home. Mm -hmm. um, even though it was still an hour or so from my actual hometown, Marietta, mm -hmm. um, it did feel like coming back home, which was interesting because at Dominican, you know, I started to freshman year of college. That's when you really start to develop yourself as an individual. You know, mm -hmm. who am I going to be? You know, you start to mature. 
So coming back to the San Diego, Southern California area, had that sense of, okay, I'm coming home, but does that mean I'm regressing? Mm. Or does that mean I can progress in a, in a different way? So it was kind of confusing at first. Luckily, the school I ended up going to, San Diego Christian, there's no community like it. Um, so very, very good supporting cast um, as I navigated you know, growing up and going through college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it was definitely, uh, definitely a blessing. Not, and I do miss Dominican and the people there. Yeah. And I'm bummed that we weren't closer. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we would have become closer if I would have ended up staying there. Um, and I, I would have been much different. I have to tell you, like from where, <laughs> who I was in college, who graduated two years ago to who I am now, complete shift. So oh, yeah. <laughs> it would have been very interesting to see kind of our our kind of former selves in in that kind of realm. And so, yeah, definitely. That would have been very interesting. <laughs> um, and I think that's the best thing, right? We, we grow as people as, as we move along. And so you, co- you go uh, to San Diego Christian College and that at its basis, uh, you obviously are a spiritual person and you are a person of faith. And so how has mm-hmm. that journey in your faith changed over time? Um, that's, that's been everything. So I grew up, my family is, is Christian. Um, so I grew up with it, you know, we went to church on Sundays, so I, I grew up with it, but I never necessarily made it my own. And I'm, I'm laughing because that's such like a cliche thing you hear at, at the Christian college. Uh-huh. That's kind of what everybody says, but I mean, it's true. So when I went through, through that breakup and that, that moment of loneliness, um, the faith part was really what saved me. And it really let me make it my own. Um, it's where I could say, all right, I'm, I'm at rock bottom, let's rebuild it, but I'm not going to rebuild it myself because that will not end up well. Uh-huh. So, um, so, you know, God helped me rebuild this. And we, we came up with something together that is, uh, that's pretty good. So, mm-hmm. so the faith has been huge for me. Um, it's, it's my rock, you know, when, when things are good, when things are bad, it's that one thing I can turn to that's always there, always constant. And there's definitely a lot of, of shades in that in, in my upcoming book as well. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of references and, and allusions to, to some faith-based stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when you went to San Diego Christian, did you find it reaffirming to your faith there to be at that kind of school? What I'm, I guess I'm alluding to is like, I grew up um, going, going to, to church um, mm-hmm. every weekend and for Bible study twice a week. So I was going, you know, Wednesday, Friday, sa- uh, Sunday, um, and I was involved in the worship band and I was very into it. And when I faced just for me, the depression and anxiety really started up very suddenly um, at the mm. end of my senior year, uh, that last semester. And all of a sudden, I found myself isolated from my uh, religious community. And I found mm. myself angry at God and really, you know, turning away from anyone who said, you know, like, have faith you'll get through this. I'm like, you don't yeah. get it. Like I, <laughs> I thought I was doing everything right as a good Christian girl, right? In that sense. And so for me, it was really hard. Um, for you, did you ever experience that um, as a young Christian kind of feeling like, okay, I've been doing this for so long. Like, <laughs> can I keep doing this? Yeah, this might sound a little weird, but the switch to San Diego Christian, it kind of exposed me <laughs> uh-huh. um, because up to that moment, um, you know, I, I had kind of, you know, I've, like I said, I grew up Christian, I went to church, but because it wasn't my own, I just didn't really know what I was missing. I didn't know what was there, what wasn't. Um, I was almost like wearing this mask, if you will, of if someone were to ask me, are, are you a Christian? It's like, oh yeah, of course. You know, I, I go to church. I, 
I pray before dinner. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I check the boxes. I, yeah, I am a Christian. So then I go to San Diego Christian College and the professors there, you know, have been in the faith their entire life, some of them and, and the students that have been there for a couple of years um, just really understand it. Um, and I would say the best thing about San Diego Christian is that community. Yeah, the people there were, would say, you know, like, hey, Aaron, you know, you, you're religious, um, you know, you do check the boxes, but that's not what faith is. Faith is, it's relational. You know, our God is wants a relationship with you. So, you know, you say that you do all these things, but do you, do you know God? Do you have a relationship with him? Mm-hmm. And I, I remember feeling so exposed, but in, <laughs> in the best sense of the word, uh-huh. um, especially, you know, as that was happening, I was going through this, this breakup and this, this dark place. Mm-hmm. So it really was, you know, starting from scratch with faith and okay, so what does a relationship with God look like? And also on the other side, it's, I'm at rock bottom. What a perfect time to start something. Mm-hmm. Um, so they really came together to, to form something good. You know, for a lot of people, uh, faith really is that, that tool that, that just allows people to connect and to have something more than them. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of the work that we do in, in the journey of healing can seem very, um, obsessed with us and our ego and everything mm-hmm. inside. And so how, how was that for you to kind of like be able to, to turn it over to God and to be able to have that manifest in you? Um, so for me, it was experience. So I, every quote unquote bad thing that had happened to me leading up to, to like kind of that point, I tried to do it myself. And mm-hmm. while there were moments of good that would come from it, it just never would end up quite working out. So when I started to have that relationship with him, I could see that there were things that I would try to do that it would just never work. Mm-hmm. Um, and only only his hands could create something that would be be fulfilling in the long run and be eternal mm-hmm. um, and would always be there. And I think I really had to, to understand myself and I had to really get to know myself um, and understand, you know, what what mask am I wearing right now? And um, there were a couple of activities I did actually where I would just kind of sit um, and I was listening to your, your previous podcast. So mm-hmm. that's all about meditation. Yeah. So I, and you know, I currently, I kind of, I like to sit and just kind of take a moment to, to meditate and reflect on like what mask do I try to wear in situations? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's really, that's like the biggest theme of mm-hmm. my upcoming book is, is what masks do we wear when we are alone, when we're with people? And only in taking off that mask and being our true self can we experience life as it's supposed to be experienced, which is fully mm-hmm. feeling things deeply. And then once you have that that emotion, you can turn it over to, you know, a higher power. If 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 it's faith, you can turn it over to someone else. You you can do whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it was you know now I. I feel like I have a better sense of myself and I know myself. I know how and why I react to certain situations for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. And knowing that I can say, okay, this happened. I'm acting this way. God, could you do this for me? Or God, thank you for showing me this. Mm-hmm. Kind of working with him, collaborating with them almost to to overcome things. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And that insight is so um, amazing to have to be like, I know that I'm putting on this mask and that's a great image that you that you share because once that mask comes off it really is a vulnerable self but it's not a weak self right it's it's us mm-hmm. showing people for who we are what we stand for 
And as a result of that, how did you see your your relationships change um, with your friends, family, pe- important people around you? Yeah, I think it strengthened it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is all something that I've really started to, to I guess, focus on um, in the past maybe two months. Um, so it's still changing. Um, but just kind of realizing, like, I was just kind of writing it up before this. And, and what I wrote was, you know, kind of the typical thing that happens, I think, in in modern relationships is, you know, you meet someone and automatically you put on this mask of, I need to impress them. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe your, you know, your shoulders get back, you puff out your chest a little bit, you know, your chin's up, you're smiling, you know, you're trying to prove to this person, you know, hey, I'm worthy of your time mm-hmm. and your attention. And that's kind of that mask you put on. And then it might not necessarily work out and, you know, things might crumble and then it's just you. Well, then what are you going to do with this mask that you put on? Yeah. You know, I oh think like when, when, <laughs> when you're alone and, you know, in this dark place and you're, you're isolated, you know, there is no need to, to wear a mask, you know, you're there alone. Yeah. But again, the only way that you can rebuild is, is to know yourself and go from there. I think there's, there's one poem that references something like, how can I expect someone to help me build myself up if I never showed that person what I was made out of? Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm, if I'm this type of person and then to impress you, I act differently, you only know that different side of me. Yeah. So when something happens to, I guess, the real me, how can I expect you to help me with that if I never showed you that side of myself? Yeah. So as far as how it's impacted relationships, I think it's just made them more authentic. Mm-hmm. Let people know, you know, hey, this is me. You know, I'm, I'm trying my best to, to really understand myself and, and helping people in that way um, kind of just feel, feel life um, and help mm-hmm. people understand how to navigate things that come to them and helping people know themselves, which I, I think knowing yourself, I think, is, is the start of everything. Um, and really the core of building a foundation for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And as we jump forward, tell me more about your upcoming book, because your first book seems to kind of had, it came out of hard uh, moments, right? Out of uh, Mm -hmm. what I'm assuming writing is an outlet for you. And it comes together into this, into this work. So how does your second book come together for you now that you've kind of made that, that journey through that? So uh, the first book, Alone Together, it was kind of what happened to me um, in dealing with a relationship where the chapters go, you know, oh, something bad happened. Okay, now I'm good. Okay, now I'm looking for a person. Whereas the second book, title yet to be released, mm-hmm. <laughs> the second book is, you know, okay, like life is good. And then, you know, something a little rough happens. And then it's, it's getting through it personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did have a friend, a really close friend of mine, read through the book and the early manuscript. And her comment was something along the lines of alone together is very relational. And you did this to me. I'm responding this way. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how we are in a relationship. Whereas the second book is a lot more internal processing and self-love, self-awareness. Why do I feel this way? Why? You know, how could I have, have helped this Um Kind of more of like a self, a self journey, mm-hmm. if you will, um, that ends in in self actualization, uh, self actualization, where you know I went through something bad, I went through something that that hurt, um, but because I was able to to learn about myself and really spend time and try to develop a peace um, with myself, I've come out of it that much better because mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with that change, 
Yeah, it was really just more of like a self journey that I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with the first one, it was kind of just like like a love poem book, you yeah. know, like break up and love. Whereas this one, you know, there's it touches on on body image, it touches on adjusting with change, it, it touches on some relational stuff, it mm-hmm. touches on um, intimacy with with someone else, um, intimacy with yourself and, and knowing yourself. Um, so a lot more topics that I think relate to people in a more personal way rather mm-hmm. than just, you know, oh, that's a good love poem or, oh, that's a heartbreak poem. Yeah. Uh, I think this one's a lot, a lot deeper. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. I can't wait for your book and I can't <laughs> wait for the title. I'm sure it's going to be something that'll make us think. And for me, what was really interesting um, about you know, the description of this upcoming book and what you've been working on is uh, first you touch on, you touch on self-love. And for you, what does that mean? For me, self-love, I think, comes from being able to spend time with yourself and being able to, to sit with yourself and be at peace. Um, you know, not, not sitting with yourself and saying, oh, I, I should have done that, or oh, I regret this, or, or oh my gosh, I have this thing coming up next week. How am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. Self-love is being able to, to understand yourself and know yourself and say, okay, this, this is happening right now. And, and this is something that in the past has been really hard for me to, to adjust to. But I know that I know that I have a good support system with me and my family and friends. I know that I have a God that is only doing good things with me. Um, and his plan is for good. Mm-hmm. So I, I shouldn't need to worry. Um, I shouldn't need to be anxious. I'm going through, I'm going to experience this in mm-hmm. its entirety. And man, it's probably really going to sting and it's really going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. But how good is it going to be when it's over? Mm-hmm. And I can look back and use it to help people. So yeah. it's almost more of a focus on the future mm-hmm. um, and, and trying to turn everything into to helping others with their story. So mm-hmm. to me, self-love is, is being at peace with yourself, spending time with yourself, and then ultimately using what happens to you to help others. I just think back to the, the beginning of our conversation where you said you were when you were struggling there was a point where you said, uh, you know, I'm kind of going to do it myself. I don't really need others. Embody kind of this macho mentality, right? Towards men, our society dictates kind of like keep in your emotions, keep this in. Um, don't share. Don't mm-hmm. don't be vulnerable. How has that changed for you? Um, and how have you navigated that as a man? Yeah, it's been tough. I mean, especially with, with like the poetry and everything you know, that's always something that's been a little bit more feminine, mm-hmm. um, you know, emotions. Um, and I have been, I, I'm not going to say I've been bullied and never was that bad or anything, but I have had those comments of like, Oh, you, you write poetry, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, like, Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> um, or going to, going to, you know, like poetry events and uh-huh. it's 80% female, 20% male. Wow. Yeah, so I've I've had the the comments and the the snickering, you know. Yeah, I've I've never really cared. I mean, I the people I my mother and father and my grandparents and my family and my close friends. It's not even a conversation that we've really ever had. Mm-hmm. As far as oh, you're a guy doing this. It's just oh, you're you're doing this. Yeah, like it just never came into it because they were so supportive. It was it was more you know, oh, this is, Aaron, this is so cool. Like, yeah, go for it. Like, yeah. this is awesome. Or, uh-huh. Oh, Aaron, help me understand this part of it. It was never a, okay, you're a, you're a guy doing this. It was just a, wow, you're killing it. You keep going for it. Yeah. And I'm glad that nothing stopped me in the past because 
it's helped me understand myself and just some of the feedback I've gotten from Alone Together and hopefully from the, the next book is that it's been life-changing for other people too, which is the ultimate compliment. And that's precisely what I had to ask you next. Some of that feedback, what's been the most, um, at least for me, you know, this is very new, this podcast, and I've gotten feedback where people have said they've connected to the stories and that has been my ultimate goal because when I was mm-hmm. struggling, I wanted to find something like this where I could hear someone's story and say like, wow, you know, I'm not alone in this myself. Mm-hmm. Um, what's some of the feedback that you've gotten from from people at events or people who've read your book? I think the most common one so far is, is yeah, a lot of the, the alone mm-hmm. type of thing, mainly because, I mean, that, that was obviously the, the biggest part of the, the past book. So yeah. that is naturally going to be what most people comment on. But I mean, yeah, a lot of people just saying, you know, oh, I, I didn't realize that someone else was going through this or mm-hmm. um, you kind of helped me, you know, your writing helped me understand what I was going through when I didn't know I was going through it. Or, or the common one that I'm sure a lot of writers hear is, oh, thank you for putting it into words. Yeah. This is what I was feeling. I just didn't know how to say it. <laughs> oh, um, that's the best feeling is, when someone can yeah. verbalize something like that and have vocabulary for it. It just makes a difference. So... Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of comments, um, mainly just about, wow, I I do feel alone. Um, so thank you for these words that helped me realize that that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm going to hit the restart button and, and really, really learn about myself and, and give myself that self-love and, and go from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every comment, you know, even the ones that, that criticize, even the ones that say, I don't understand this. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, everything is always so appreciated. Um, yeah. You know, the I think the goal of writing is to to cause an emotion in somebody and cause a reaction. So, anytime that happens, for better or for worse, um, yeah. it's it's such a blessing. That's really well said. That's that's amazing. And so, as you move forward and understanding kind of the ups and downs we face as human beings naturally in our emotion and in our day to uh, day experiences, what are some of the coping skills that you've you've developed obviously writing is one of them but are there any any other things that you've you use to uh soothe yourself or cope with things yeah so yeah writing is is obviously a huge one um as well as just talking with family and friends and and loved ones they sometimes know me better than i know myself Mm -hmm. um so they're always going to give that uh, honest answer of you know hey you you need to do this or you need to stop doing this um which is tough at times but always better in the long runs um but as far as other I guess coping mechanisms. Um, I have been doing a lot more meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's kind of this, I guess, stigma with that word too of, you know, people say, oh, you, you meditate and they picture, you know, this, this meadow and serene <laughs> sounds and running water. Uh-huh. And, you know, meditation for me sometimes is sneaking into my office at work on a busy day and taking 30 seconds to just breathe and uh-huh. recenter myself. Um, so I guess being able to to find those moments of meditation and moments of self-reflection where I can just breathe, close my eyes for 30 seconds, remember who I am so I can make decisions based on that and then go back out into the world um, extremely, extremely calm. Mm-hmm. That, that is a comment that I've gotten. Um, I, so I'm a store manager in retail. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's crazy. Yeah. There's always craziness <laughs> going on. There's always little fire to put out. Yeah. But one comment that I've gotten from coworkers and peers and, and employees is, you know, Aaron, you always seem like you're calm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, I would agree with that, but 
you know, what they might not always see is those moments where I'm in the back, just <laughs> breathing deeply, <laughs> breathing deeply, kind of closing my eyes, you know, maybe a, a small prayer here and there. Um, and just remembering this isn't, you know, it's deeper than what it looks like, you know, on the mm -hmm. surface, I'm a store manager that has to deal with an angry customer. Mm -hmm. um, and oh, you know, that could cause problems where if you look deeper than that, this person's having a rough day, perhaps, and I'm in a position to help them. Yeah, you know, yeah it's, it's, you know, I'm a store manager, but on a deeper level, how can I help this person? Do they need a product or do they need someone to really just talk to? Mm, uh, yeah. And the, the blessing about being the manager is, you know, I have a, a whole team of people where I can really just try to connect with them and understand what they're going through and, and help them with whatever they need. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. That, I mean, that just puts into words like how like these experiences that we go through every day, one person could just be having a really hard day and that's why they're not mm. being the nicest at the store or wherever it might be. Um, and so that's just a really great example of, of, you know, this kindness and empathy that, that is, is manifesting within you. Yeah. So that's you wonderful. You have to understand what other people are going through yeah. or at least acknowledge it. Yeah. Absolutely. And so um, how do you balance uh, kind of being in the working world and having your writing? Um, how do you find time to really, uh, you know, do both? It's tough. Um, and with writing, too, it, it does take practice. Um, a lot of people, especially, you know, poetry has this this connotation where it's very free flowing. Uh -huh. um, it takes practice, <laughs> um, you know, because there's times where, you know, I I wouldn't have written for a long time and then I have an idea and I want to write and it's just terrible. Um, <laughs> but I, I realized that the more I write the, you know, it's hard to judge writing, but you know, I guess the better it is. Mm -hmm. So it definitely takes practice. And as far as finding time, I mean, it is tough. I, I work minimum 50 hours a week. Usually I'm at the store, <laughs> usually, usually more like 60, 65, even 70, but trying to, to understand, you know, what's happening at work almost as inspiration. Um, but again, that only comes if you're able to to take a step back and realize the deeper thing that's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, on the surface, I'm, I, I work at Dick's Sporting Goods. So on the surface, uh -huh. I'm selling basketballs and running shoes. Uh -huh. But, you know, on a deeper level, I'm, let's say, let's say a kid comes in for his first baseball bat. So on the surface, I'm getting a kid a bat. Mm -hmm. On a much deeper level, I am there for this child that, you know, is, is starting a baseball career. And, you know, he's, mm. he's going to get that satisfaction of, you know, hitting a home run and he's going to have that place he can go to the baseball field and, you know, just kind of de-stress from the world. Um, and none of that would happen if we weren't able to, to supply him. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so kind of, yeah. So, so I, I try to see work as that deeper sense where mm. I'm helping people and I'm listening to people. And it, that is almost poetic in itself. So even when I'm not physically writing with my hands, you know, I'm always kind of writing a story and always kind of piecing things together and realizing how everything's so connected and always, I guess, mentally practicing. So when I do find that that little little slight moment where I can get sit down and write, um, I'm not starting from scratch, but mm -hmm. I'm starting with ideas in my head, and you know, it can kind of flow freely from there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is just. Uh, absolutely pinpointing the 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 kind of like experience as a writer because I I also write I'm you know I used, I used to be 
uh, kind of like pursuing a, a nonfiction journalistic kind of writing. Mm-hmm. And now with the podcast, I find myself finding the stories in different ways. And so I always have a, a pen and a notebook with me um, or, you know, my yep. notes app on the phone. But that's true, right? Finding these connections and finding the deeper meaning behind it um, is really powerful. So that's awesome. And so for you, what do you see as the biggest tip or insight that you could offer to aspiring writers? I guess it would just be, again, I've said it, I think, a bunch of times so far on this on this podcast, but um, you got to know yourself. You know, you got to you got to know yourself. If I you know, if I am Aaron Ruth, you know, who's, you know, I like to write poetry and, and I'm good at poetry and, and short stories. If I try to write a book about, you know, the Civil War, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> um, you know, that's just it's not my thing. So I think you need to, to know yourself, think about what you've gone through and think about how you can help others and, and really focus on what you want to create. And then, just really be authentic throughout the whole thing and practice, practice, practice. One, one thing that I do, I don't erase. I never erase. Mm-hmm. I never backspace. Um, I occasionally will cross something out, but that's rare. Mm-hmm. Um, I always just build upon what's there because, you know, even like I was flipping through some of my old like high school poems and mm-hmm. they're all so bad, <laughs> but, you know, they're terrible, but it just signifies like, growth though. That's the only yeah. thing it signifies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But like at that time, that's what I felt. And that's how I put it into words. Um, and now looking back on it, it's funny, a lot of the poems in my upcoming book were poems I actually wrote in high school. Huh, like interesting. A couple of them. Yeah. Where the it's the same idea and like the same like subject matter in that poem. But I was able to reword it. But the feeling's the same. It's yeah. always the same feeling. It's always the same emotion. But, you know, being able to to better articulate it. Yeah. You know, just as I've matured and, and written a lot more. I mean, I, I have books on books, on journals, on journals, on, mm-hmm. on journals of stuff I've written. And um, so that's been a process in itself. Um, but I guess long story short, I guess a piece of advice is to just write, write, write as, as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, don't give up on yourself and know yourself and, and just stick with it. How do you view the experience of loneliness and being alone now as you've kind of matured and have experienced it yourself? Even in those times now where where I am alone in a crowded room or I am physically alone, the times where it hurts and it does feel dark and, and depressing, if I it's hard, but if I am able to step out of myself in that moment and again, just understand this isn't an eternal thing, I'm just feeling this way. Um, not to discredit the the pain and what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's healthy. I, I think you do need to realize, wow, like this is this is really really a, a sad thing that happened. Mm-hmm. But once you kind of understand that from a bigger sense and realize that it will get better, it happened for a reason. Um, then you're able to healthily you know, digest that and and move on from it. Um, so now I see loneliness as as a blessing as long as you know, you are able to to understand it in that sense, because because mm-hmm. being physically alone and and feeling isolated, it, it can be so it can be terrible. Oh, um, it, it can be soul crushing. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, it can destroy you. Um, but when you're able to see it in the sense that, you know, it's something that can be overcome and it's something that you can work through with loved ones and with faith. I, I see it as a blessing now that, you know, 
you can learn so much about yourself when you're able to sit quietly alone and, and really just meditate on experiences you've had and and what others might might say about you and you know loved ones and, and how they they see you and and you can really grow from there um, mm-hmm. you know strengthen your strengths and strengthen your weaknesses Aaron, this has been a wonderful conversation. I appreciate um, you taking the mask off and, you know, (laughs) being really open with me and uh, for your early support of this podcast too. Um, So thank you. And as you continue working on your second book, we are eager for it to come out. And so where can uh, listeners find you online and, uh, or read any of your writing? Yeah. So you can find me, um, Instagram is probably the social media I'm, I'm on the most. I'm just plain old Aaron Ruth, um, A-A-R-O-N-R-U-T-H. Um, you should be able to find me there. Um, and then as far as my book goes, um, you can find it on Amazon. Um, it's on ebook and also paper. Um, Alone Together is, is on there. And the upcoming book will be published the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will be on Amazon as well if you just search uh, for my name. Okay, awesome. Well, that's wonderful. Erin, anything else you'd like to say to our listeners about, you know, insights or, you know, uh, anything you have uh, encountered in your journey? Know yourself. <laughs> <laughs> if I haven't said it enough. Yeah. Um, I think I think true peace and, and true harmony comes from, from being able to accept yourself and, and give yourself that time that, that is really needed. Mm-hmm. um to, to sit with yourself and understand you know how you how you digest different things that happen to you yeah um but you know help people try to understand where people are coming from love one another um and i think uh i think that's all i got awesome perfect Aaron. thank you so much it's been a pleasure thank you Syra. thanks for listening you can find me on instagram at takecare.pod and at twitter at takecare underscore pod to support take care please consider giving the podcast a five-star rating and leave a review. Quick disclaimer, I'm not a mental health professional, just an advocate and individual with a passion for mental and emotional health. The information and topics discussed on this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. This podcast does not attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any mental or emotional condition or disease.